Welcome to Revolution and Ideology. I am Nick. I'm Jared. And in this episode, we are discussing a study that was done related to gaming, actually, and apocalyptic behavior. I don't know if that's the best way to put it. But anyways, you know, Jared and I have done a series of episodes on the apocalypse in film, and we're both really interested in gaming. Strangely, I guess, not that those two things kind of go together, but we did an episode actually on Day Z, which is an apocalyptic game that we're both obsessed with, um, talking about, you know, whether or not it's a good model for the apocalypse. So we were kind of interested in this study. These researchers did a study of gaming behavior in a closed beta test, suggesting that, you know, that would be a good model for the apocalypse, which we'll get into the details of how they did it and what that means and whether or not we agree. Um, but just uh, a little bit about this study, it uh, was, I guess it wasn't actually published. It was presented at a conference in 2017. Um, I have the name here. Um, it was presented at the 26th International Conference on the World Wide Web in 2017. It's titled, I Would Not Plant Apple Trees If the World Will Be Wiped, Analyzing Hundreds of Millions of Behavioral Records of Players During an MMORPG Beta Test. I hate everything about that title, but that, that that's fine. Um, thoughts before we get started? No, I mean, I'm interested to get started. I, I mean, we definitely did the episode on Daisy. It's it's pretty pretty much the only game that I play, and it I don't. I mean, I know you play a handful or whatever, and things along those lines. So I don't like, and that game is designed to be apocalyptic and. Mm -hmm. As somewhat of a social experiment, people think it's real, a zombie game. It's actually really not. It's more about the interaction with people and how they would act with limited resources and intense situations and things along those lines. Mm -hmm. um, it does sound, at least from what you've described to me, that what you, what was used in this article is not along the same lines. So I'm interested mm -hmm. to see what they find. And then, of course, I'm going to be a little bit skeptical right off the bat because, again, gaming culture in and of itself, I don't know, presents the best model. But let's see what let's yeah, see what they found. Exactly. So let's talk about a little bit about the methodology, and then we'll talk about the findings. <clears throat> so there was a game, if you're not familiar, called I mean, it still exists, called Arc Age. And it's a, you know, MMO, just like World of Warcraft type style of game. And they were running a closed beta test before the game launched. I actually don't know when the beta test was. This pre presentation was presented in 2017, but I think the game launched in like 2013 or 2014. So the beta test would have been then. So the researchers hypothesized that, oh, by the way, during the beta test, I don't remember how long it was, six weeks or something. We'll see in a second. At the end of it, the world was going to be wiped. So anything, any progressions you did on your players, et cetera, was uh, you're, you're not going to get to keep that. That didn't wasn't persistent. So they hypothesized that this beta test actually would be a good test for apocalyptic behavior because at the end of this test, essentially the world was going to end, right? So the beta test is kind of like an apocalyptic scenario. And so they, what they wanted to analyze was you know, if people's behaviors changed as they got closer to, quote unquote, the end of the world, right, to the end of the beta test, you know, did they become more violent? Did they all kinds of stuff, right? Did they work on the progression of their player and crafting items and so forth? So they analyzed, they got the full record of all player behaviors from the developer of the game. And there were 81,000 players that they analyzed 
two point, not two point, two hundred and seventy-five million records. So this is like you know interactions between players or you know spending the virtual currency, uh, you know crafting an item, killing another player, all this kind of stuff. So they have everything that any player did in the game this entire time. So there's two hundred and seventy-five million records of different behaviors, and so they analyzed all of those to see sort of what happened during the course of the beta test. Thoughts on this so far? No, I mean, it all sounds good. I do think, like I said, it, it's not necessarily a game that's set in the apocalypse. So that's not necessarily the equation. Mm-hmm. What they're insinuating, I guess, for 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 lay people out there, when, when Nick says wipe, essentially like there's this whole world built and, <clears throat> excuse me, players have been interacting and doing things and building things and crafting things for, I don't know how long the beta, the beta test was, but let's say days, weeks, months, whatever. And they've, they've built this entire world and community and things along those lines. And essentially a wipe means that all of that goes away. Like th- this world will cease to exist for these players. And that's what they're looking at. So when the game comes out after this beta test, then it starts fresh and new. But 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 the players in their mind, everything they've done to this point is going to go away. So that's what they're they're insinuating is the the gaming world apocalypse for this specific game. So it was eleven weeks, just so we know. I just looked okay uh, on the article. Um, okay, so let's see what they found. I guess before we start giving our opinions of everything. But Jared's point is, yeah, we'll talk about that when we get there. So what did they find? First, they found, they analyzed it from two different approaches. Basically, system-wide and individual, so from a macro and a micro scale. So they analyzed the players of each individual to see if a particular individual changed their behavior through the course of the beta test. Then they did the generalization, right? Looking at all of that together, was there an average of change of the behavior as an aggregate, like all of the players together, right? So let's talk about what they found. I'll just read some quotes here that will give this an idea. Um, Some players, some outliers resorted to antisocial behavior such as murder. And this game has an interesting dynamic where if you kill, there's races apparently, a different like, you know, classes of characters in the game. And if you kill someone that is of your same class slash race, and that is considered a murder as far as the game is concerned. And there's different consequences for that uh, in really simple terms. So they uh, classified all those behaviors as murder. And they found that there were some people that individuals that did increase their murder rate towards the end of the beta, but they did not find that as an aggregate, there is an increase in the average of number of murders throughout the beta test as it got closer to the end, which is kind of interesting. I think if I remember correctly, of all of the behaviors towards the end of the game, there were only 334 murders, which out of 81,000 players is like outrageous, right? Now, clearly all those players weren't playing all the time. But so, yeah, they said basically no, that there were a few outliers. But overall, that wasn't a trend, which I found interesting. I definitely thought people would just start, you know, killing willy-nilly when the game was about to be wiped. But that didn't happen. It's uh, Then they analyzed chats also between players within the game, which is interesting. They say we surprisingly find that chat content exhibits a slightly positive trend as the closed beta test draws to a close. Overall, players increase social interactions with others. They exchange more in-game messages and create more parties to enjoy group play or compete high-level quests. So they analyzed the chat sentiment and the number of chats in the game and actually found that 
chat sentiment overall on average increase became more towards the happy side of the scale as the closed beta test reached its end, which is kind of interesting. And that there were more social behaviors. So people were more likely to get together and play in groups as the beta test was coming to an end, which is also kind of interesting. They also analyzed people that left the game early versus that stuck it out to the end. So right, you sign up for the 11 week beta, but you left at week six, right? Or week nine or whatever, versus playing like at least all the way, you know, close to the end. They categorized the ones that left early, they called them churners. And actually they found that these churners were the ones that were displaying most of the antisocial behavior. So the ones that were murdering, et cetera. That kind of makes sense because that's an indication that they don't have as much investment, right? They're not as loyal, I guess, to sort of the game world, uh, we might say, which is kind of interesting. But they said, you know, contrary to the reassuring adage, that is, even if I knew the world would go to pieces tomorrow, I would still plant my apple tree, i.e. I would still continue to better myself and the world. Players abandoned character progression, showing a drastic decrease in quest completion, leveling, and ability changes. This finding itself is interesting and indicates why the quote resonates, and at the same time, it sheds light on game design implications for closed beta tests with respect to player reactions to the inevitable end of the beta test. So basically, I don't think this one's really surprising at all. As the beta test was nearing its end, people stopped working on progression and the completion of quests, right? Like why? Why would you continue to level up your player and you know build more things, et cetera, if you know it's all gonna be wiped in the next day or two or a week or whatever, right? I don't think that one's really a surprise. Um, the interesting thing is they said to the best of their knowledge, they're the first to perform a large scale quantitative characterization of behavior changes as the beta test of a game ends. So they're the first ones that ever really did this. They said, hey, maybe we could use a world wiping beta test as an example to model apocalyptic behavior and perform like a wide scale quantitative analysis of data of player behavior. They were the first ones that did that. So that's kind of interesting uh, in 2017. So what are your thoughts on the findings? Anything that sort of stands out to you there as you know, counterintuitive. Not, I mean, I'm not surprised. <clears throat> I guess I would have expected a little bit more murderous, trolly type of behavior mm -hmm. um, than what they found. So that's kind of nice to see. Um, but I think when, I mean, and this is of course a problem we brought up when we did the Daisy episode or when we talked about apocalyptic films. So that, I mean, that's our angle here as, as a historian and a sociologist is that it's not just to have like a review of games or films or anything along those lines. It's to apply them um, in this case, more so sociologically, obviously than historically as to what, what do we learn about the way people interact with each other? And I do think that <clears throat> these games do present a, a nice little petri dish um, in a way to talk about some of these things, but I'm always going to be a little bit skeptical of the fact that like it's still a game and the person interacting with that game knows it's a game. They're not so, I mean, they're not under any other illusions. This is a game to them. So I do think the mm -hmm. lack of like real stakes, like little legitimate stakes are always going to make the findings kind of, I don't know, not, not, 
they're not going to be grounded in anything. Like people are going to yeah, behave. We can't directly and, relate, right? <clears throat> the players' behaviors in this game or any game to what would actually happen in real life. Like we're never going to get there. <clears throat> exactly, and and that's why even like I said, the the, the, the lone game that, that either of you, either of us play Daisy is 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 a decent social experiment, but never a really good one because again, like like people know if I do something bad, like it's just a game. I'm going to turn it off and I'll start all over tomorrow when I turn it back on again, and nothing matters and. That other person on the other end of my poor behavior also probably knows that and isn't going to get too angry. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, we and, have a perfect know. example, right? Like I was just playing Daisy before we got on the call and I had met three other people and we were sort of running together and we had stopped at a well in this city, in this town, and we were all drinking. And another guy ran up down the street and he stopped and said, hi, and put his arm out. And I put out, pulled out my rifle and shot him dead, right? Like, would I do that in real life? Absolutely not. I have to imagine, right? Like, there's no way that. I don't know, man. You've got that violent side that that maybe none of us. (laughs) Yeah. So, but, but back to what you asked about the findings. So I think the interesting part is, um, I did think there'd be a little bit more violence because of gaming culture. And the fact that there Mm -hmm. wasn't actually says something about the community that they were able to build over those 11 weeks. The fact that there was also people, the people with even less of a vested stake in the game because they hadn't spent as much time in the community are the ones that committed most of the atrocities. I think that's also to be expected if we're talking about like social outliers or social deviants, it's going to be the people that don't feel like they're part of something, right? And, Mm -hmm. And in a way... Maybe we can see that apply a little bit in the real world. It is it, social deviance is attached to people that do feel some sort of disconnected or disassociated um, with those around them. So I definitely can mm-hmm. see that. The second part, of course, that that wasn't that interesting, but I still want to comment on is the fact that, yes, towards the end of the, the the wipe cycle that people stopped planting their apple trees. And I know nothing, I guess, caveat, I know nothing about this game. I've never even heard of this game. I've never, oh, I've yeah. never seen mm-hmm. footage of it. I've never seen. So I don't know. But if it's a massive multiplayer game, I'm assuming it's a Warcraft style type of thing mm-hmm. they got going on with, I don't know, you said races. So I'm assuming like elves and trolls and all kinds of crap like that. That I, again, I'm not into those types of games, but regardless, let's let it ride. We're about to get completely like rated by the Arc Age hardcore fans. I'm sure not a single one of them will will watch this video, so <laughs> no, that's fine. I can't um, imagine. I'm not even sure our usual audience will watch this video since it's a little outside of our wheelhouse, but regardless. <laughs> um, Back to the moral of the story, the fact that they stopped doing their things towards the end of the wipe. I mean, yes, we could apply that if 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 we all found out tomorrow that there is an asteroid coming or whatever. I mean, I, I'm sure as crap not going to go sit in a cubicle and and, and fill yeah. out Excel spreadsheets or, you know, like like the like I'm so gonna go yes. weights or something like that's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, so, yes, you're, you're going to stop doing those types of things and you're going to find something more interesting to do in this last little bit. And And I am. I am happy to, to to see at least in the findings that more interesting thing people found to do in their last their last days, right? Those last mm-hmm. days before their world ended was not necessarily um as much murder and, and pillaging as 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 probably could have happened. So I guess that's that's kind of nice to see. Um so I mean I mean those are my takes on that. Again, I'm always going to be super skeptical of any sociological or even now we're digging further as we get into vr psychological findings um in the game world because as long as quote unquote the player knows there is no no real stakes to what they're doing i still don't think it think it applies again we've seen numerous examples of what people do um during apocalyptic like situations in real life for them maybe again the world has not ended recently mm-hmm. um i mean unless we could get inside the minds of like dinosaur dna and see what they were thinking but no but 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 in all all seriousness but in those types of scenarios and and more times than not 
contrary to popular belief, contrary to what people will tell you that play these games, these seven days to die, these daisies, these Tarkovs, these whatever, people actually don't act like that. Don't act mm -hmm. violently and pillagey and murdery and all of those types of things. They're not doing those types of things in the real world, right? Like we see what happened in um, New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina and the community came together. Yes, the resources weren't there and the government failed miserably and, and all of those things, but the people, the individuals that were adversely affected on the ground, they came together, right? They came mm -hmm. together. They were sharing resources. They were rescuing each other. The, all of the uh, Hurricane Harvey, much the same way in Houston, right? Like we see what happened. Those communities came together. There isn't like some people didn't pull out their, and this is the United States where it, it could have very well happened. They mm -hmm. didn't pull out their assault rifles and just start, like that didn't happen. People were coming together. Um, going all the way back to one of the examples you did an episode on, I think I was on that one. I helped out a little bit, but the one um, with the teenage boys that end up stranded on the island, right? Like, mm -hmm. and they don't go, they don't go all Lord of the Flies on each other. They work together and they create like a, a, a place for them to work out and a place for them to get water and a place for them to get food. Or one of my favorite examples way back in the uh, early 1900s, Ernest Shackleton, right? In Antarctica, they get stuck on, I think it's I don't remember the I think it was Georgia. No, they were they were for Elephant Island. They get stuck on Elephant Island now outside of it. Yeah. And and that community of and those are rugged sailors, right? Like and they're they're not, they were able to come together, right? So those with real life stakes, I think, carry much more weight into what the world looks like as it's ending and how humans would behave. And again, I get it. A, a couple of hurricanes and, 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 and being stranded on a couple of islands isn't necessarily the apocalypse, but for those individuals living it, it kind of is right. Like what mm -hmm. else you're on a stranded Island with maybe six, seven other, other, other individuals. And, and none of this information is ever going to get back. You can do whatever you want. And what they chose to do was work together and not, I mean, maybe not plant apple trees, but well, maybe mm -hmm. in some cases, not, not apple trees in the South Pacific, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So I do think, trying to draw too many conclusions even like when we did the the daisy episode from video games is always going to have its limitations not only because of the fact that they are not real but because in these games because of gamification features to make them more gamey um poor behaviors are are rewarded in gaming because i do think it, it allows people gaming allows people to have a release or blow off steam or whatever mm -hmm. it is they're trying to do maybe role play or, or whatever it is but some of the mechanics themselves already orient the player towards some of those bad behaviors that they would never do in, in the real world. Again, using the game that we play, because I know nothing about this other one, one of the main th reasons to travel around the, the map and interact with these players is to go to military bases. They've made that into the game. They, they didn't make it supermarkets. They didn't make it, uh, uh, I don't know, um, botanical gardens. Um, they made it military bases. <laughs> So, so naturally, when you get there and you're surrounded by a bunch of uh, assault rifles and bullets, then again, what am I? What else am I going to do while I'm standing yeah. here? Right? I'm going to pick mm -hmm. this thing up and I'm going to, you know, like if if it was, if my main goal was to go to the botanical gardens and 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 <laughs> why did I use botanical? Gardens? I have no idea. That was a really <laughs> random like... example. <laughs> <laughs> because they're beautiful and they're peaceful and that's probably why i brought it up but like maybe yes. we should try to grow botanical gardens and botanical gardens see what happens. maybe yeah. there there is somebody listening out there that is gaming i mean i guess there is there's like a um aren't there like zoo simulators although zoos is already i feel very bad about zoos and they're being animal jails but maybe, maybe they're making like a botanical sort of, garden simulator 
Yeah, or or a wildlife preserve simulator where it's like, yeah, I think that would I mean, be there has to be gardening games. But for sure. but now I'll go back on what I said for just a second. Maybe there's a reason those games don't exist. Maybe there mm-hmm. is this reason in the in the human psyche that maybe we do need a little bit of an outlet for more of our our um unsavory impulses and maybe that's mm-hmm. what 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 gaming can serve. Maybe people don't want to um, grow a bunch of crops or take care of animals or whatever, build some sort of community center or something along those lines. Maybe that's why these exist. But again, I, I don't know. I, I still think what we can learn about the human condition on a social level during the apocalypse, as this article mm-hmm. tends to insinuate, is going to be inherently limited because of game mechanics. Though interestingly, when I think about the numbers, I guess I should have looked at this number for real while we were talking about you know, the 334 murders is what I think the number was. I mean, out of however many millions, hundreds of millions of players' behavior, right, towards the end. And let's say that all 81,000 people were playing, right, even though they weren't at the same time. If there were only 334 people who were just murdering, yeah, it is 334. Next, we examine how pervasive such antisocial behavior was. We extracted all players that committed at least one murder in the last two weeks of the beta period. We note that there are relatively few such murders, 334. So in the last two weeks, there were only 334 players that committed a murder. So if I'm looking at real numbers, and let's say, you know, if we were going to apply this to real, how many people, if there actually was an apocalypse, would just be haphazardly murdering people, right? Uh, it's very, very, very small number. Despite the fact, I know people like to fantasize that it would be like the purge, right? Like that's not... In my opinion, I don't think that's going to happen, right? And there's really no evidence in human history that that would be the case, right? What do you think? No, I would agree with that. I don't believe, and and you know where where we come from as a as a channel that that likes to lean into uh, ideas, ide- ideologies that are tied to mutual aid and reciprocity and natural law and those types of things that we've talked about when we've gone into um, things like um, syndicalism or communalism. Um, like those are the things that we tend to focus on again from more of an academic standpoint. And and we, I personally have to have faith in the goodness of the human character to believe in those belief systems, right? Like, like I am not a person that believes in things like original sin and we're and it's just human nature to be violent and greedy. Like I don't I don't believe that. And again, we've gone through. If somebody wants to argue in the comments, you're going to have to go back through our whole catalog because all of the evidence there from every historical example I provided is there. It's there. We are not mm-hmm. inherently like that. We've been socialized to be like that. And in this case, the video game itself is a socializing agent. Again. Mm-hmm. I don't know this specific game, so I really don't want to dig into something I don't know about. But again, in, in the game, the one game I play, Daisy, you present me with an assault rifle and a bunch of people shooting at me, then that does change that that that's but that's a socializing agent right there, mm-hmm. right? Like so so again, that's that's what we have to go on. But if you put real humans in real situations, the evidence just isn't there. And everyone's gonna be like, Oh, but you know, what about a historical example X, Y, or Z with like how do you what would you do with a Hitler or what would you do with a Genghis Khan or whatever? Well, in 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 a, in a society that is nearing its end and working together, and 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 you do see somebody like that kind of rise up to prominence. Well, those societies know how to dealt with deal with that person, and that person would be exiled, right? Like that, mm-hmm. you you know how. But in our society, those types of people tend to be celebrated, right? And when I say our types of society, I'm being general, not Eastern or Western. I'm talking about the state, right? The state has structured us into these, like, mm-hmm. you know, this type of way of thinking. So again, it's not necessarily cultural or racial it's it's based on the idea of state and and again this is kind of a roundabout way to get me to talk about how 
political and social and even economic structure socialize us into thinking that 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 it is the the that we have to fight and claw and acquire things and 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 that's that's it's what we're raised in and so that's why we believe it but there is evidence that if you're raised in a very different way so going back to gaming if you're raised if your character is raised in a gaming community that doesn't present those opportunities and doesn't actually reward those opportunities, I think those numbers go even lower, I guess is what I'm saying. So if you do have a botanical garden simulator, um, I doubt, and, and maybe they don't even add the mechanic in, but I doubt people are going to run around stabbing each other with like little, little, whatever. I don't know. What do you garden with? Garden, garden shoes. Yeah. yeah, garden <laughs> shoes. So again, like, I mean, it depends on like the environment you're in. And again, any of those people that exhibit those antisocial or deviant or 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 psycho or sociopathic behaviors in those communities are going to be forcefully exiled. And mm -hmm. and and I guess that's what we what we saw a little bit in the findings. If we go back to those handful of people that you called, I don't remember what you called them, mm -hmm. churners or turners or something. Yep. Churners, yeah. I mean, I guess we see that a little bit, but I don't know. I mean, I just I I, I come I mean, back even to in that. the game that we play, right? If you are one of those guys that get fully geared and then go to the beach and just kill fresh spawns all day. Like people hate that, right? Like you're the worst of the worst. There is no joy in that. And you get quote unquote exiled from the game, right? Like people have no respect for you and don't want to play with you at all. Right. So there's even like social pressure in, in that. It's not even a, the apocalypse, right? The world isn't ending. It's just not fun for anyone. Right. Right. And, 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 and those game mechanics are a certain way, but yes, the community itself does feel like there is mm -hmm. a, a way to engage in violence in a way, not in a game that is based on violence. There mm -hmm. is still like a little bit of gatekeeping about when and where that violence should and how it should take place, which is kind of yeah. interesting because that, that there's no rules. And yet the community mm -hmm. has decided itself, this is the way yeah. it should work. So yeah, that's a good example. Okay. So let's talk about the second thing, which is, you know, we have always operated in the assumption that, you know, with our Daisy video, could we sort of analyze people's behavior in this game that takes place in an apocalyptic setting and get some kind of idea for how people would behave in the real life in an apocalyptic setting, right? I think that's what most people assume. These researchers, instead of that, took a game that was not in an apocalyptic setting but that because it was a closed beta test where the world would be wiped at the end, it became sort of a model for an apocalypse. What do you think about that? Do you think that one is better than the other? How, what do you think about the applicability, not just that this is a video game, we can't apply it to real life, like we know that, but the applicability of this scenario, right? This closed beta with a world wipe at the end. I don't know if it changed the behavior of the individuals. I mean, it might have, I suppose. Again, I'm going and I apologize for anyone that likes this game that I've already forgot Archangels or something. But anyway, like Archangel, yeah. Okay, Archangel, whatever. Um, applying it to what we know is during a wipe, during some of the other games that we have played, that yes, behavior changes a little bit, and yes, maybe you do see people doing a little bit more more bandit things or violent things if they know that everything they've worked for for the last couple of months is about to to be wiped off off the face of their virtual earth or things along those lines. But in terms of like determining what behavior would look like, I think, I mean, I guess I'd have to actually know more about the mechanics of that game for me to mm -hmm. have an answer. Like, I, I mean, is the game inherently violent? Do people go on quests and slay dragons? I don't know the game that well, right? Like, yeah. so, so, so I think do that we would... think that like the best scenario would be an apocalyptic survival game like Daisy or any of the others you listed, 
that was an apocalyptic setting that also was going through some scenario where things would be wiped, which exists all the time, right? There's all kinds of Daisy servers that wipe every 30 days or whatever. In fact, the server I was just playing on before we got on was a, a beta test of a new map, right? So at the end of that, it's going to be wiped and no longer exist, right? So would that be a better model? We're saying none of it's perfect, right? None of it's going to accurately, you know, really give us an idea of how people would behave. But would that be at least be better than any of the other two, either of the other two? No, I'm going to be blunt and say no. I don't think gaming as a model for what would happen in the real world has any real uh, has any applicability. I, I think that's a dangerous road to walk down. I think people in the late 90s, early 2000s, we're arguing that games were getting too violent, and that's why we're seeing a rise in violent crime in, in the country, um, or around the world, I should say. Um, and I, I didn't like that argument then. I didn't think that because uh, a guy gets to whatever play, I don't know, what's an early, late 90s game with a gun, uh, Doom. I, I don't think that made that person like want to go out and do bad things in the real world. Um, so I don't... Again, even though I do play a video game and I do enjoy it, I, I don't think you can say really a whole lot about me as a human being by what I do in that game and how that might apply to me in the real real world. I, that, I mean, yes, I can, I can for example, um, you just gave us the story of, of shooting a person just trying to get water at a well a couple, an hour or two ago you did this before mm -hmm. we started recording. I, I, I firmly believe that in any scenario that you could be presented in the real world that would never happen even if it is during right. the apocalypse right well I, I don't know maybe you go crazy i don't know <laughs> but but that so i just i just don't i just don't see it i just don't see it happening um well we, and all of the studies I, I, from the early 90s that quote-unquote proved a correlation between video games and real world violence have been completely debunked right like in since then so well, and I just don't, I just don't see that scenario. And it's not just with video games; it's anything with the the online zeitgeist at this point. The way people behave in an online environment is exponentially, exponentially. It's not the word I'm looking for. It doesn't go up, but regardless, is very different mm -hmm. than how they behave in real life. And we see this, even as educators, we see this. The interactions we get in our online classes are quite different than the interactions we get in face to face classes. I mean, and and there are numerous data sets out there that verify this, that, that, that a person acts a certain way on TikTok, they would never act in, in, in a face to face scenario. 100%. Um, Facebook, when it was still popular, I, who or Instagram or these types of things, like who in their right mind takes pictures of like their breakfast or their lunch and goes on this long brag session, you would never do this in face to face. Like I, I, I mean, at least maybe the people I, I run with don't like, you know, come up with like, they wouldn't come up in the early 2000s or late 90s with like Polaroid pictures of their breakfast and give it to me like, <laughs> and right. it, you know, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like your friend's house, be like, I brought my breakfast for you to look at. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. So I do. I don't think these interactions. I don't. I don't know why. Again, sometimes my examples just kind of come willy nilly and whatever. But like, like, but the the behavior people are exhibiting in the online world is is always going to be different, whether it's in a video game or whether it's in social media or whatever it is. Like, they are. They, I don't think there's a lot that we can learn um, in this specific example of what would people do when their world is ending um and again even in the most apocalyptic games that i'm aware of i still don't think that's a good indicator daisy well, like you said there's no rust right like i mean daisy is number one by far it's not even close mm -hmm. sorry if that's controversial for anyone listening but none of the other games are even remotely close as far as an apocalyptic survival game they try they fail it is the best um ugh, i guess project zomboid's up there too Shout out to Project Zomboid. 
Um, but regardless, like all the other ones, like they're even the best of the best still don't. It's still a game. It's still just a video game. People know that they go into it. They, it, there's no real stakes. It's, it's that simple. So I've there's, always wanted to, this isn't really a way to be apocalyptic theme, but I've always wanted to there to be a game. Let's say it costs 40 bucks or 30 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever it is, like a regular game. That's like a Call of Duty or a Daisy. But when you die, you're done. Your character is done. Your game stops working and you have to rebuy the game to play again. That's I've always wanted to see that and see how people would play different. It would change behavior. The closest thing we have right now is there is a Daisy server that that is a one life server where you can mm -hmm. never play that server again once you die. It's one life and then you die. So you That's can try cool. that one, yeah. mm -hmm. and you can never play that server again. But the problem but is, what I think what would happen is people would definitely be more cautious for sure. But the first dude that gets geared is just going to ruin people's lives, right? Like the first person that's sniping and like. It's, and it still doesn't say anything that the point of this episode is about, about right. human behavior. It still mm -hmm. doesn't, because again, you're still in the example I provided. You're still in that, that, that same world where mm -hmm. all roads lead to <clears throat> some sort of military compound and people are going to be competing for those, those, those specific resources there. And, mm -hmm. and it, you know, yes. And there is no vested stake. So if I happen to see you sneaking around, I don't know, some barracks and I already have the rifle we were both competing for. I, I, this is a video game and you've played a video game and we probably have decades. I'm assuming all players have a couple of decades of playing these games together. Mm -hmm. And these games are all shooty to begin with. So I've been socialized to like, this is what mm -hmm. I do. Right. Like, so again, I, I just don't think it says, I don't think we can learn a lot, I guess is what I'm saying, which sure. is kind of weird to say after, after we did the episode on, on Daisy, but, but I think we came to the same conclusion then. So. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thank you for listening. Um, to our Patreon supporters, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your continued support. Uh, we apologize for the gap in content. We both had a hectic schedule since uh, the summer has began. We're hoping to start recording a little more often, um, obviously. Um, catch me on Twitch. I will be streaming our Botanical Garden Simulator uh, later. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm Nick. I'm Jared. Later.